Well, welcome back, everybody. It's another uh, video on We Talk Photo and Audio for our podcast listeners. Thank you all for being here. It's John Peterson in beautiful, scenic, calm, non-windy Portland, Oregon. He just for went now. to the wind event, life in the Northwest. And uh, I'm here in Eastern Tennessee, where it's raining today. And today we have a very special guest, um, a little bit different from what we normally do. And that's one of the things that I think John and I are going to try to do here in 2024, is bring you some ideas and some some folks that m maybe aren't chasing um, the golden hour, <laughs> you know, and, and all that kind of thing. And just some things to make, make us all think a little bit. Uh, today we have from the Cambridge area, the Stepford area in the UK, Alex Kilby. I found Alex's YouTube channel and it's called The Photographic Eye. And, you know, and I'm, I, I, I've never met Alex. It's the first time we've ever talked, kind of not even in person, but here in Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So we don't know each other well. And, and, but I love what he is doing. Um, and without going on forever like John knows, I can. I, I'm going <laughs> to just turn it over to Alex to let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about what he does. And you'll see why John and I wanted to get Alex up here with us and we talked about it. Lovely. Uh, thank you, Jack and, and John. Uh, how's it, how's it, as, 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 as say on, on the channel. Um, and, and so to so clarify that at the beginning, I grew up in South Africa. And, and when I started out on YouTube, um, I, I needed something to say. I felt, you know, and, and how's it in South Africa is a way of saying hello. And I, I believe now also it's um, in Hawaii as well. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, uh, I, I've been in photography. Uh, cool. Most of my life, actually, I'm now almost fifty, and since I was a child, I've I've had a camera around. I left school and I went to go and study photography, and and in one form or another, I've taken photographs for money. <laughs> he says um, since then, and it kind of pootled along, as as these kind of careers do. I ended up doing family portraiture. Um, for you know just I, I don't know how i got into that but i just ended up doing that you had to make a living yeah oh that that was that was something i think oh yeah, yeah moving Eating around was good. Eating yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. moving around countries and stuff wasn't really good. so i live in the uk now and uh, you know so it wasn't great about building up sort of commercial work but i was running my studio i was reasonably happy although i'd been there for 10 years so i was feeling a little bit burnt out and then um, uh, COVID came along. I was forced to shut the studio, uh, and 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 that gave me a chance to reevaluate what I actually wanted from photography. I had a young child at home; he was two, um, and and I wanted to spend more time with him and my own family than other people's families, which I think was fair enough. And, and, and at this point, bubbling around in the background, had always been this idea that I wanted to talk about photography in a way that I enjoyed. Now, I think I should sort of clarify that is, is, is so much as when I was working in the family studio, I was around a lot of people who were running family studios. 
And a lot of them didn't know anything about photography beyond the technical bits of how to make a family portrait. And, and I thought, this is a real shame that, you know, the, the background that I grew up in, the more educational, being taught the history of photography and, and, and photographers and what it means and how, you know, we could communicate visually, seemed to me, at least, being lost. So I thought, you know, this is opportunity. I will now go and open a YouTube channel talking about photography, much like Ted Forbes did back when he got started. And um, and and sort of see where it goes, and then it, it took off. So that's kind of that, that's the potted version of, of where we find ourselves now. So I've only you know it's it's been a fantastic ride. What you do, you're, you're, you, what you're doing is it's 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 different than everybody else, and that's why I was attracted to what you do. Um, could you just talk about what brought you to? what you do versus what a lot of other people are doing that's very redundant. There's, I think very, very, very superficially, it's easy, I think, to, you know, for a photographer, broadly speaking, to sit there and go, okay, well, I'd like to be on YouTube and I know how to use the camera, so this is what I will talk about. You know, so the nuts and the bolts, aperture exposure, ISO, what lens to choose these these kind of things because that is the if you think about photography as a pyramid the whole bottom part of that pyramid is full of how to use the camera how does this science work and that's kind of i think that's part of the important thing to point out is that photography is science and art but it is built on a science scientific foundation so people go i just i want to share I want to make a living <laughs> from photography, so I'm going to teach somebody else how to take pictures. And, and that's nothing new. It's been going around for ages. But I was kind of like, okay, well, I'd like to do something different. I want to talk about photography in a way that in, that I enjoyed listening to Ted talk about photography. So you're talking about you know Walker Evans and uh, you know um, oh, <laughs> Eugene Smith. And you're talking about Ted Forbes. But... Yes, I am. So, yeah, yeah, Ted Forbes had the art of photography. So, as I say, um, and, and that was kind of always my idea. I'd watched his thing. I, I'd never really enjoyed watching people talk about how to choose an aperture or what have you because I know how to choose an aperture. So that content is not aimed at me. It's aimed at people who've just bought a camera. But Ted's was aimed for me at that time. I thought, I'll do that. I was fortunate enough, obviously, I have, a, a, I have a tertiary education background in photography. I've met a lot of knowledgeable and very clever photographers, intellectually clever photographers, over the course of my career. And I picked up things from them. I thought, well, this is an opportunity to share that knowledge, which at the time I felt was a very underserved market of, of photographer on YouTube. And, and it struck a chord. So I was like, okay, this this is this is great, you know, um, it, it, and that's kind of you know that's why I wanted to do it is just because I, I very very selfishly I just like to talk about the subjects that I talk about. Yeah, for sure. I think I think to add on to that, Alex is is uh, you know we talk about technical skills versus creative skills and the technical <clears throat> side of things that you talked about the scientific side. It's it's easy to teach. It mm. covers a broad spectrum of people. Mm. Um, 
where the where the more creative side is a little bit we start getting into that subjective area because that's where art art is yeah. subjective right and and what what your subjective opinion about art is very different than a lot of other people's and that's oh. where some people i think are scared of of losing traction with a, a potential audience because they don't agree with my subjective opinions but but if you have a voice and if you can express things in a in a good way i think you can reach a lot of people you can i i i i'd kind of backtrack on that sort of thing a, a little bit in so much as you said that you know obviously once you get beyond the technical aspects of things, things become a little bit more subjective, and maybe people don't want to talk about it because they are they're af afraid, for want of a better word, of, yeah. of people not agreeing with their opinions. My take is it's it's slightly uh, slightly different in so much as it takes. I I, I feel, and again, I'm just I'm talking from my own personal experience. It takes a a breadth of knowledge. An experience to to talk about photography in a slightly deeper way, mm -hmm. and I don't mean like massively, like you, you know, sort of intellectually Susan Sontag kind of arrangements, but just in a way that you can be eloquent about how you feel about a photograph and take a bit further. It is uh, because we're not you're, you're in now in an area where you can't quantify things. Right. People can talk about lenses and apertures and things like that because they are easily quantifiable. You, you could talk about a rule of thirds composition because it's either on a third or it isn't. It, there, there's, there is a black and white area, if you excuse the pun, whereas I feel, you know, talking a little bit more in depth and, and leaning into how you feel about photography and, and more importantly, communicating in that way that doesn't come across as... as as a, a dogma is that's a that's a harder trickier thing to do yeah he says yeah. sounding like he's, he's building himself up or something it is it is it's yeah. really hard and and I, I don't think there's there's enough people talking about this stuff and kind of to jack's earlier point a lot of people just stay in the technical um the scientific side i don't i don't I'm very passionate about teaching the creative side of photography and, mm. and, uh, I just, I don't see, you know, I, I don't see enough people talking about it. And I think camera manufacturers and everybody just so focused on the science side of things that that's what a lot of people hear. It's just only the scientific side. It, it, it is. I, I think you've, you've touched on something. I think that is not necessarily the heart of the problem there, but you know, camera manufacturers are in this business to sell cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that by saying, look, here's a quantifiable thing and our camera can do that for you. Right. The, ca the camera can't decide whether yet, whether or not <laughs> the scene in front of you would be better interpreted in black and white or color. It can't make creative choices beyond exposure things. And, and it's in the interest of the camera companies to employ photographers who have a name who will then go, okay, well, I, I photograph on Canon or Nikon or whatever because of, oh, I'm a sports photographer and the, you know, the 1DX has like a trillion billion focus points and, you know, and it uses this special thing. That's 
that's the same as somebody sponsoring a soccer player and saying, okay, well, you tell everybody the boot that you wear is, is a lot better because you can now hit the ball 10% faster. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where A, camera manufacturers ever deviate from that, <laughs> that right. way of, of promoting. It has always been thus, you know. Uh, Kodak, you press the button and we'll do the rest. You know, it's it's. Alex, I always tell people that if they gave me Ernest Hemingway's typewriter, mm-hmm. I can't write. <laughs> well, you know, if, you if, know? if I give, if I give my son my camera for long enough, he takes a couple of decent pictures. <laughs> so yeah, but, of... What, but what you do on your channel, and and again, folks. Um, Alex's YouTube channel, and it'll be in the show notes, is called The Photographic Eye. Is I don't want to say it's radically different, but it's different enough that it sure attracted me, and it attracted, I think you have about 200,000 followers. Uh, it's a hundred, actually, I just opened it, it's 197,181. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a very, very, very encouraging to me. Because that means even if if a third of those people feel like John and I and a lot of and Alex and a lot of the people that we've had here on our on our podcast creativity wise, you know maybe maybe the future bodes well. Um, I just think that that we need to 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 be thinking more about. For example, the last video you did, I, I watched it yesterday, um, and you talked about some images that most people would look at and say, you know, what, what's so, what's the big deal about this? And some of those mm-hmm. images are very powerful, but they don't they are, that they don't have that uh, overprocessed sunset, you know, and the, they don't have that pizzazz that people are attracted to, you know, photo editors. Alex, you probably know, for years, a lot of them knew nothing about photography, and they just looked at images that popped, and they said, oh, I'll use this in an ad. And I, I think, you know, we, we've really gotten relegated to that a lot because of social media and the 500 PXs of the world. And that that video you did yesterday, man, it, it was so it was great. It really was. Well, well thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think this 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 is kind of something, I, 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 and I have to sort of you know, just touching on a on a point ever so slightly earlier, is that I, I I don't want it to come across like you know that I feel that everybody who's like into uh, you know the technical side of things or what have you that they're somehow wrong. Or obviously, that's not that is absolutely not the case at all. There are some people who are Correct. very. Or, you know, and that and that's why because we do photography because we enjoy it, and how we express that, you know, I'm, I'm as a as a person, I'm a somewhat slapdash, last minute kind of guy. So so the technical, very precise sort of side of photography doesn't really appeal to me, but there are many people for whom it does, and that's kind of so it's cool. So it's obviously it's equal. I just think to you know to to co op. Eggleston's phrase about democratic, you know, photography <laughs> is democratic. Um, but, you know, it, I think one of the things that I'd like to do, and I've noticed with the channel, you know, you talk about the subscribers and, and there evidently is an appetite for, I think, for, for people to think about photography in a slightly deeper and yet more accessible way. 
that that's kind of a, has been a big bugbear of mine. There are, you know, if, if you hang around intellectual photographers, for want of a better word, for a while they talk about Susan Sontag and Roald Barthes and you know all these kind of things, which can be quite deep and they can be quite difficult for people to get their head around, and it puts them off. Because it feels like education, it feels like a lecture, it feels like going to university. But if we can present thinking or about how the the more esoteric aspects of photography can be employed in a practical sense that people can then actually use and employ in their own photography, then I, I feel we'll, we'll yeah encourage more people into <laughs> into the fold, as it were. Um, and, and that's kind of something I want, I've been looking to do this year is in, a, in addition to having the content on my channel, as you said, you know, you watch the video about Eggleston and, and art photography and, and sort of, yeah, di- yeah. And sort of breaking that apart to say, look, this is, this is kind of where it is. And this is kind of why you might or feel this like what's so special about it. But then at the same time, give people, and a, a way of getting to this point of, of deeper understanding. So and it's hard. To... That kind of that kind of it's hard. I mean, it's I got to tell you, John oh, and I it... take groups of people up to Alaska to photograph these big grizzly bears, and I have to tell you, it's the easiest photography in the world, almost. <laughs> this, it, this... I, 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 I tell you what is what is tricky is is getting people to. <clears throat> I think have the confidence to to do these kind of pictures, mm-hmm. and so what I've thought over the, over this year is that I'm going to rather than amble around whatever sort of topic sort of gets into my head, is that if, if I have say a loose theme across the month, so in February I'm going to be doing natural light, okay, so not not how tos and things like that, but but still keeping the sort of videos that I do. So you're talking about photographers and, you know, various aspects in that kind of regard. But at the core of each video, somehow bringing it back to natural light. So like, for example, Brassailles photographing Paris at night. That's using light. People who use extreme content, like Fan Ho, for example, right. you know, his use of light. Amazing and, and how, Yeah. So all those, so, so you can see there's a central theme. But to make it more accessible for people who may feel that that's, you know, they only picked up a camera last week. So some of the concepts might be a bit beyond their pay grade, for want of a better word, is to say each month, okay, what I do is a live primer into the, 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 the technical aspect of what we're talking about this month. So, for example, on the 4th of February, I'm going to do a primer as an introduction to finding and using natural light. So people can join a live workshop and we can go through it. I can explain to them you know, what it is. So these have an understanding of the nuts and the bolts section, which I hope will then mean that they have a better appreciation of some of the, the more fluffy aspects of, of, yeah. of, of photography later on and, and and then in March do black and white and so on and so forth throughout the year so, so I'm hoping that's a nice sort of blend of making things practical and and you know giving people a, a beginners a bit of a jump up 
but also still keeping to the core ethos of, of the channel of, of going a little bit deeper. So yeah, so I'm, I'm quite excited about all that, which is which is going to be going to be good. You're always thinking. <laughs> I'm always thinking, uh, or, or my wife would tell me I'm always talking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the um, yeah, it's it, yeah, and, and this is kind of the thing. You know, I, I've definitely wanted to, um, you know, to help new photographers. I, I think the, the big issue with a lot of channels, like, like who, who cover similar ground to me, of which there are, that it feel it can feel a bit like a lecture that it's it's all kind of like hello i'm going to talk to you about william eggleston and william eggleston was you know a pioneer of color photography and his work is very important because of x y and z things and you know and and nobody i say nobody very few people i think you know want to sit down and and watch that you know they want to, like, i think they'd much rather see yeah, yeah well, that, that's exactly the point. You know, somebody made a comment actually on, on, on the channel uh, this morning that they said uh, that they'd watched a couple of my videos, but they find it very difficult to listen along because I laugh in the middle of the sentences, that I, I don't finish sentences. I have open-ended ideas. And, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking about all the quotes that I can't remember. And he said, and this is all very indicative of your lack of preparation. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I, so I wrote back to him, I said, look, you know, thank you for, for watching. Uh, but, you know, and this is the way that I speak. As you're probably listening to me now. You know, I, I do right. kind of eventually, I, I kind of reach for things occasionally. And I said, this is, this is not a lecture. This is more, the way I see it, a conversation between friends talking about photography. And I, I'm talking in the way that feels natural for me and feels comfortable. That's and that's, you know, so, so that's kind of, kind of the, the, the aspect of things. Um, so it does, I think it's interesting to see that everybody obviously interprets these things differently. Mm -hmm. But it seems to resonate with a, with a larger audience. So that, that's all good. I'm, I'm happy with that. So, yeah. Well, that's a good way to be. It is. Let me, Alex, there, were, there was a video that you did, uh, I think it was a little bit of an older one, which talked about uh, using your, flexing your creative muscles and exercising your creative eye, even when you don't have a camera in your hands. And that that's a that's a concept that I've, I, I love, and I try to impart that in others as well. But... I, I think a little bit of that is sort of indicative of some of the content that you provide on this channel. Can you expand on that video? Just the, 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 how you, how you keep your creative muscle going when you don't have a camera in your hands? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it, the something that I, I don't know when it started, but at some point, I, I, it feels like it was when I was a student because I, I would drive to, because I was still living at home, so I would drive to, to photo school in the mornings and I think it was, pro let's say it was about half an hour drive. And, and I would sit, and some of that was in traffic. So sitting and, you know, you, so you've got some time to, to dawdle. And 
something happened throughout that first year. In those days, I had a Canon A1. I had a 28mm lens. I had a 50mm lens and a 70-200 zoom. And I mostly had the 28mm lens on it. That was kind of my favorite. And, and so over the course of a year, I would get to be able to see the frame in you know, sort of I've got that idea and I think anybody who shoots for primes for a while will kind of recognize that that sort of vibe and I found that because I was in an environment where I was being creatively inspired all the time you know there's lots of students around we're looking at photography and, and thinking about it a lot that I my mind would wander to oh I wonder how that would look photographed or how that would look photographed and so I would I would spend a lot of time increasingly just thinking about how things would look as a picture. And I thought that that was natural. You know, nobody really spoke about it, but I thought, well, that's what people do. They just kind of, you know, so it was one of those sort of things that you sort of sit there and go, well, everybody must do this. Otherwise people would mention it. So I didn't really think about anything. And that just kind of carried on throughout my life and, 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 Around about the same time, I was looking for ideas. And this is obviously, this is before mobile phones and the computer, well, you know, laptops and things. So I had a sketchbook that I would carry around, tiny little sort of A5 thing, and just sketch ideas for photographs. So I'd be watching Monty Python, for example, and I would see like a scene and I'd go, that would actually make quite a cool photograph. So I would sketch it out. And, and I think all of this kind of reinforced the idea that you can be thinking about photographs all the time. You can be looking for them all the time. And when you do that, you start to train your eye to see the world as it might look photographed. You know, like I, I, I believe it's Gary Winogrand said that, I'll photograph the world, see what it looks like photographed, I think. I, think I stand right. to be yeah. corrected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people, certainly people who, are, who do photography for fun, only think about taking a picture when they've actually got a camera yes. in their hands. Yep. Aside from maybe, oh, the light's quite pretty. So they, they kind of have this, this like switch. They think that you now put on a photographer's hat and you do it. So, but of course, what they're doing then is they're wasting half of their precious time taking photographs when they have free time, actually trying to think about the picture as opposed to you know, and getting their brain into photographer mode. Whereas if they just sat in the car or at the office or on the train or at home or wherever and thought about how the things around them would look photographed, then I think that would, it would go a long way to making people feel a lot more um, free and, and, and easy about taking pictures. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I always think that we as photographers see the world differently. It, Assuming that we sort of train our brain to, to look for photographs and look at the quality of light and the direction of the light and the pattern, mm -hmm. shapes, textures, colors, that type of stuff. And, and uh, yeah, like, like you mentioned, I think for me it's one of those things where I sit in the car as well and I look at light and I look at how the light falls mm -hmm. across subjects. I look at interesting patterns that catch my eye and think about how, how I might photograph that. All of those things, besides just being entertaining to pass the time during the day, they help <laughs> build that creative muscle. Because creativity, I think, is a muscle that, that you yeah, need yeah, to yeah, exercise. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you uh, that, you know, the, the, the photography, creativity is a muscle and you, yes, you do need to exercise it. Yeah, this, I, again, I, I wrote a newsletter. I have a newsletter that I put out every Saturday morning where I get a chance to kind of explore some of the more esoteric ideas that might not make good videos and, and occasionally then become a video when they've actually been fleshed out. And, and last Friday I was talk, thinking about, you know, inspiration and, and you know, how it, again, to paraphrase another, photo, uh, another artist, Chuck Close, you know, he says that, you know, that the amateurs are the ones who sit around on their backsides waiting for inspiration to strike and, and you know, actual artists go out there and do the work and that's when inspiration happens. Hmm. And that, yeah, I, I feel that is something, again, that people don't really take for granted. They, they, I think they look at famous photographers and they, they, they think, you know, like I talked about this in the video yesterday, Jack, you probably remember. They, it, it looks like they do nothing but walk, walk around and just take a couple of snaps and, and that's it. Like mm -hmm. they're not putting any effort. <laughs> they're not doing anything. And... Somebody mentioned in the comments the other day about, about Tony Ray Jones, who was a, a student of, oh, again, Gary Winogrand, and, and you know, also, and, and he had um, a, a collection of notebooks, which Martin Parr, I think, scanned, you know, took photographs of, and you can now read them. And it's like, holy hell, man, the amount of effort this guy's putting into things, his copious notes not just about the things that Winogrand and Friedlander and, uh, and, and Meyerwitz and all these guys were, were telling him but it's like move to the UK between or move back to the UK so from the UK move back to the UK sometime before or after December get driver's license go to Europe and photograph this 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 and that go and look at publishers, talk to publishers, go to galleries, do this, then in July, come back to the UK and do this, 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 this. He's got his whole year planned out. And it's like the amount of work this guy was doing, because, you know, he's sort of thinking, so he's, he's exercising that creative mind. And, and you know, what? he's doing the work. Right. When people just sit and they go, oh, you know, the light was crap or... You know, oh, it was raining this weekend, or that tree that I really wanted to photograph has been <laughs> chopped down, and or boohoo. So, yeah, a lot of people always find a reason why they can't do the picture. Correct. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of I think that's a major stumbling block for for a lot of. I think that gets into the preparation thing too. I think, I think, uh, I think sometimes being over prepared is a negative. Uh, it, it, it it's negative in creativity i think just being spontaneous and, and and getting out and and feeling whatever you feel and maybe someday you want to sit home and listen to music some some days you want to go it's, out and, you know whatever moves you you know yeah the 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 idea i think about being over prepared maybe not in the way that possibly some of your listeners might think you know like having all your kit lined up and all that sort of thing but I, I think you know there's also this idea of going out i'm going to photograph a very specific thing you know like the tree or something it, it you know there was who was it i, I want to say alex webb but I, I might not be that you know he says he doesn't do any preparation about the environment that he's going to because he wants to discover it for himself he doesn't want to preconceived ideas going in. 
you know, I, I seem to recall reading a piece of advice years ago where somebody had said, oh, you know, if, you go, if you're going to, uh, yeah, I, I used to live in Edinburgh, for example. And, and so you go to Edinburgh, you've never been there before, go to a bookstore and look at all the postcards because they will show you the best places to take all the photographs. And it's like, so basically go there and get a guidebook and just copy the picture that somebody mm -hmm. else has taken. Photograph the postcard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of kind of thing. And, you know, so whenever you see people take pictures of Edinburgh, uh, okay, fine. It's the castle. It's the view of the castle from Carton Hill with the monument in the And it's like, oh, come on. You know, so, yeah, I think people just... But one of the things we that John and I, together, when we teach and, and individually... I, I give you an example. When, um, when John does it, or we do it together, the Oregon coast, mm. we spend a couple of days photographing all these beautiful seascapes and what have you. And mm. then one morning, we take the group into a small little, uh, you know, very, very pedestrian fishing harbor and we mm. asked to walk around and look at what's on the boats and the the, the 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 hooks and the jackets and the clothes and the color and the shapes and when the people get there they go why, why are we here we, we're, we're here to do this great sunset and sunrise mm. but when we leave they don't want to leave and they're totally unprepared for that experience John, yeah. do you agree? I mean, oh, how many completely. times, John, do we go somewhere? We, we hand people an itinerary just for two reasons. A, we have to have some kind of organization. And B, it's good to let people know that we have an idea of what we're doing. I, I bet you, John, we follow that itinerary less than half the time. Oh, yeah, rarely. Because the light. And, and we adapt. And I think individuals... If you get in your car in the morning and throw your throw a camera with a thirty five millimeter lens in, without a whole big bag of things and go for a ride and just drive around, and maybe you take a photograph, and maybe you don't take a photograph, I, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna be more pleased with what you come back with. So Alex, Alex, just kind of drilling in a little bit. So I'm not much of a planner. I I choose to, I really enjoy reacting to an environment and just sort of because partly because I think that I'm, I'm there to sort of interpret what I see and translate it into my camera. Um, and a lot of that interpretation is based upon my mood at the time, the, of course, the conditions on the location and all that kind of good stuff. Mm. Um, and so I, I tend to be a more reactive kind of photographer, but what's your take on planning versus creativity? I mean, yes, having all your kit there is great, but, but planning your shots and sort of going with a, a preconceived notion of what you want to come home with, how does that relate in your mind to creativity? I'll, I'll give you two Two examples. Um, the, the very short first one is that I don't plan anything. If I'm out on the streets or if I've, I've gone somewhere, uh, you know, if I've, I've gone on holiday, for example, or if I'm walking around London, I would just go, do you know, what? I'm just going to walk and, and let, the, let the city dictate where it's going to take me and take photographs. Uh, which is quite convenient because I, I tend to photograph um, when I'm in that sort of frame of mind, the angles and, and shapes and, and things like that. Nature. So I just kind of go with the flow and see what happens. So, so in that regard, zero planning. It just happens. I just go out and I, I, uh, I, I just photograph whatever I think might be interesting. 
I've made of that. I've made a specific point about just going. Look, if I think it's interesting, photograph it. Don't overthink it. Don't. Is this going to be a good or bad photo? Just just take a picture. The other aspect of things, which I th- I feel more qualified to talk about, is in the studio. So I would have a family portrait studio. But putting that to one side, when I did personal photography. So this is doing shoots, like there were test shoots for me to try ideas, uh, you know, do any sort of personal project work, things of that nature. I would, I would have an idea in mind. So just before I closed the studio, I was, uh, I was quite taken with the idea of, of slightly more classical lighting, so Rembrandt kind of lighting, that sort of thing, rather than in your face brash, you know, funky sort of pop things. But I wanted to find a, a style that worked for me. So I would set something up that was quite simple in terms of the light. So this was just one big octobox um, and occasion I would use maybe some separation, but it, and there was like a stool and just sit on that and, and, and I would get redheads in there because I'm, I'm a sucker for redheads to photograph redheads uh, with gray outfits and things. And, and that was, so that's the preparation in regards to the actual shoot, it's like, okay, fine, come in here. We're going to do this. I already know what my exposures are going to be. It's going to be the same throughout. I might move the light around depending on how I feel. So maybe, you know, sort of like some Rembrandt stuff or some short lighting or what have you. But beyond that, it was like, let's see where we go. We do a bit of a warm up, you know, sort of like a nice sort of easy pose, turn left, turn right, that sort of thing. But beyond that, it was very much like, let's see what happens. Because you don't know. Right. Some, you know what, somebody looks good being photographed with a left profile, or they look better with a right profile, or they look better face on, or they look better with their head turned away from you or something. <laughs> you just don't know until you point a camera at them. And that's why it's so, I think, I think it's, I, I, you, you can't just say, I'm going to now be creative. Right. Because creativity, I, I feel the very definition of it, is doing something you didn't expect to do. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly right. I, I hope somebody has said that before, because otherwise I'm going to get a big head for saying well, that. Well, say, say that again for everybody, that quote. Just uh, well, Creativity can't be planned because it is the very definition is that it is doing something that you hadn't thought about. I'll put that into chat GPT later on until it <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, but it, it is that. Yeah. You know, I, if I look at all my, my the, the photographs that I, I like best as, as portrait photographs, none of them were sketched out beforehand. They came in the moment when I was doing that work. And that's why I said I felt more qualified to talk about studio portraiture because I've had more experiences like that. I, I, I kind of react to things out in the world, but I've never felt that kind of spark of creativity that I personally feel in the studio. Hmm. And, and, it, and it's, hard to, it's hard to explain to people. I think that's, that's kind of the thing. I didn't put this into the video where I talked about inspiration, but... In movies, you know, we uh, those of us of a certain age, we you know, we grew up with John Hughes films and you know, teenage romance and stuff, and we get given this impression that 
when you first fall in love or the first kiss, it's like, well, bang, it's this amazing sparks and lightning and, and what have you. And, and then that kind of carries through into films that you watch about artists. There's a montage where they have like a flood of creativity. It's like, oh my God, I'm being creative, I'm being creative. It's so amazing. And, and for me, creativity is, it's not like that. It's a lot quieter. And it's just like you kind of, you just sort of sit and go, oh, um, oh, I am being quite creative right now. <laughs> you know, it gets very personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And, well, and I think that's why a lot of people struggle with it, yeah. It is. Let me, so let, let me ask you a little bit. How do you, well, for those people that are a little bit more technically oriented that you talked mm-hmm. about a little earlier, how do you, how do you approach folks like that or, or counsel them on letting go of some of that to, to free themselves up to be creative? Small steps. Say again? S- small steps. Small, small steps. Just tiny, tiny little steps or baby steps. If uh, what I've found uh, is again in, in my experience with, with talking to people, you know, doing mentoring and stuff with, with guys who, who feel that way, is that they they there are certain boundaries technically that they feel they can't go out of. That you know they need to have say uh, a histogram that's not you know that doesn't have the toes or the or the, the, the you know the heels being cut off or that it needs to be in focus it must be super sharp something must be in focus in the in the image things like that that it must you know the, the right balance must be perfect <laughs> and with that you kind of go right do you know what uh, we'd sit there we'd have lightroom open for example and i'd say okay what happens if you take the photograph so reset it to everything right okay now just whack the exposure all the way up take it all the way down push the contrast up push the contrast down see what the picture looks like when you're going to the extremes i remember mentoring one person who and i forget there was a specific slider on lightroom or so and he says he goes i will never put this over 20 because beyond 20 is a mistake or some worse to that effect. And so that was a technical limitation that he'd put on himself. So if, you know, and then he goes, oh, but I don't feel creative. I said, well, why don't you step out somewhere? Why don't you take, push it to 25? See what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, so that's what I mean by like baby steps. Yeah. Is once, you know, if people are very technical, then you go, okay then I think you need to just try little bits, a little bit at a time. And, 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 the, and the, the opposite holds true. If people are very not technically minded and feel like they're not being creative, then you, you, I can say, look, look, you have all these ideas, which are great stuff, but you don't have the technical ability to implement them. Right? So people might say, uh, my motion motion blur i like or what, what's the what's the comfort intentional camera movement right icm i like my icm and they'll be like it's all icm and stuff but but it's just it's not right and it's like because you don't know how the exposures are working when you start having these long exposures you know so let's go back and let's look at how shutter speed affects your exposure and your aperture 
So it's so I, often there's there's something missing in the platform of what people want to create. You know, mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of I hope I hope that <laughs> doesn't feel like it's a bit of a ramble, but but really I think you know that's kind of the main. No, the main I think aspect. it's fantastic. I think I think for me it's it's especially with uh, with both Jack and I taking people out on location. It's how do you get people to let go of some of their technicalities and open themselves up to reading and responding to the location and the time at hand so they can then unlock their creativity. Because a lot of people are afraid to sort of let go and just treat, go explore. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, treat them like a five-year-old. <laughs> I think yeah. have, having a... So my, my son is always... He's, he's six next week. Uh, and, and yeah... It's as he as he is now getting. It's like well, you need to just do it. They're just they're not afraid it. to make mistakes, and they're not. But afraid no, it's, to... it's not. It's not so much that they're afraid. They're not afraid to make mistakes. It's more that me as 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 his father says, look, can you just do this? Just do it. Don't question. Just do you know, do <laughs> do what I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, and and what I find with when you have, when you're out doing like a workshop or something is that there are people who you know like the last workshop that I was uh, down in London we were walking around and it happened to be, one of the guys who's on the workshop happened to actually live in the area where we were and he said the reason I've done this is because I want to see how you see the, the place so we're walking along and he sees he sees he stops he looks at something and he goes he's, he's thinking about he's thinking about it and, he, and then he goes no I'm not going to bother. So I'm like, well, why? why? He says, because it's going to be a rubbish picture. So I was like, well, why don't you just take it and then decide if it's a rubbish picture instead of second-guessing yourself? And he was like, no, I don't know. I'm just like, just, just do Take the picture, you know? And it, it is that, I think sometimes you kind of need to just give somebody a push and say, don't worry about what I, because I don't know about you guys, something at service is like people going, but I'm worried about what you might think about the picture. It's like I don't care. I'm not here to blow smoke up your backside. Exactly. It's like I'm 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 here to help you. You know, take the picture. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Just do it. And then they, you know, they kind of like not begrudgingly, but sheepishly sort of sheepishly. take the photograph. Yeah, and then then the next one, they're a little bit. And so like, do it again. Do it again. And then you go and they go, yeah, it was rubbish. That's fine. It's rubbish. Yeah, you're right. You took you the photograph, so yeah. So well done, you. You know, it's it's yeah. It's it, it is tricky, and every, obviously everybody responds to things differently. But I, I think you know, there's this idea that people think that every picture they need to take is supposed to be great or perfect. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's how you learn. I mean, you, the, the best teacher is your mistakes or the things that didn't work. I think, and so. Yeah. I'm, I love, I embrace my stuff that doesn't work because I learn from it. Yeah, I, 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 it, I think it's tricky when you're talking to somebody who's new to right. photography. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it's easy to say, well, we learn from our mistakes and we look at them and what can we improve. If you don't know what you need to improve or what you'd like to improve or, or able to put that into words, it's very tricky yeah. like I remember when I when I got this when I started with the channel the biggest hurdle that I had was editing the video because I didn't know the phrases 
or the names for the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. How do I? How do I get that thing to get? How do I get? What do you, what do you call this? How do? Sorry, for people who are listening, I'm bashing my hands together. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you get the picture to go to another picture? How do you? So it was a lot of times of not having to learn how to do it, but trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. What what was it called? And photography is full of a lot of that stuff. If if I can if I sit with somebody and go, what what don't why don't you like this picture? They can kind of explain it to me, and I can go, ah, okay, this is the term you're looking for. This is the idea. But when people sit there by themselves or with other people who are also new, they will just kind of like mumble around in the dark, going, I, I can't learn from my mistakes. But then also they they want to see improvement. So they think that it's a linear progression, that you know, and it's and it's not. We're, we're not athletes. We don't start off running a hundred meter sprint in three and a half hours, and then next week we can do it in an hour, and then the week after we can do it in thirty seconds, and then the week after that you can do it in like ten seconds. Right. It doesn't work like that. But people want to see that kind of improvement. It's all a factor of time. Absolutely, it is all a factor of time, and and I just I, I, that's why I kind of I, you know, I'm trying to make the channel inclusive to try and get people to who are new to the thing to give them a, a foundation. At least they know what they're talking about to lead them through, and say we're going to talk about natural light. Okay, here's all the stuff that you've got. There's an assignment. Go and work on it. You know, explore it. Focus on one thing. And then once you've got a bit of a handle on that thing, move on to the next thing. Yeah. Instead of trying to go, I've got my camera, I'm now going to do back button, back, I can't even say, back button focusing, because that mm. seems to be what all the, all the cool people do. Back button focusing doesn't make you a better photographer. It's a way of, if your brain is wired that way, of making it easier for you to focus. Mm-hmm. And everything. But... That's gump in the way. Have you ever looked at a photograph? Do you know the way that you handled the focus there was outstanding? <laughs> you know, you don't do that. No. That's, yeah, the the, the metadata know. doesn't show if it was back, back button focused or not. No. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so there, I think you know, that, that's a huge issue that, that people sit. And, and again, I know because it's easy to quantify it. Oh look! I now understand how aperture priority works, or shutter priority, or ISO. You know, and then you think, "Oh, I'm doing so well at this photography thing. This is this is a piece of old tacky. <laughs> you know, this is this is easy." Yeah. And then you know, you take pictures, and you're like, "I don't get it. Why is William Eggleston famous?" And if I took a picture of that, people would say it's rubbish. <laughs> but you know. So, Alex, yeah. we're uh, yeah. we're getting close to kind of towards the end of the program here. What you know, you've given us a little hint about what you're doing in 24. You're going to do some thematic releases. <laughs> what else you got going on? What else have I got going on? And and if there's anybody from um, the uh, <laughs> see, um, no, I won't say that. Um, so, what am I doing? Um, I've got a couple. Of, I've got a, a photo walk coming from Cambridge. Um, in a couple of weeks and then one in London then during the summer I'm heading up to San Francisco there's an Irvin Penn exhibition at the De Jong Museum 
Uh, and then I'm going to hot foot it over to DC because there's also a George Harrell exhibition oh. at the National Portrait Gallery. I have a friend who lives in Baltimore, so I'm going to go visit visit her. And I'm a big fan of Irving Penn, so I'm going to check that out. And and then um, got some cohorts as well coming along. So every quarter, I run a cohort. The, the details are on my website, the, the photographic eye.info. Uh, it's called Focus and Frame. So this is a quarterly four-week course where it's a group of 20 photographers um, and we kind of we just basically touch on the points that i've raised this evening is or I, i'm assuming this goes out at night he says this evening it's early yeah, evening. Yeah, it's early um, in the morning for uh, me there you go. what your, your time zones may vary um yes and and really that's that's you know so it's a way of helping people get a little bit more confident about taking photographs, about learning to see the possibilities for photography that are around them, giving them a, a, the language of, of the image so they can actually speak it. And again, to use my, my son as an analogy, he now can write basic sentences because he learned the words, the, cat, sat, you know, individually, and they can put them together. And that's what this is about. It's about giving people the individual words of photography that they can then put together in their own, uh, hopefully, poetic way. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, I want to make it also clear that, you know, some of the folks that are doing YouTube channels that are technically oriented stuff, mm. it, it's fine and it's great. And oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. some of them do a great yeah. job and it's interesting and it's fun to see where they go and what they do. And I'm not, not demeaning that at all. No, we, no, absolutely. We have to know that, and it's fine. Yeah. What I was attracted to your um, your channel by Alex is that it is, it is different. It is more thinking-oriented, and it made me think. It, it, it stimulated me to oh, think yeah. about what... what and believe me, I'm 150 years old. I've been doing this a long time. But it stimulated me to rethink some things after all these years. And well, I, I'm, I'm glad that it, it did resonate. And, and that's why we, we wanted to get you on here. You oh, well, well, thank you. Thank we you want to get you back, too, John. Let's I'm, put, I'm, I'm always, on the recall list here. I've got to fight back. You know, that's always good. Sounds and, like we're going to have to we're gonna have to corral him with all this tra traveling. Yeah. He's Oh, I just yeah, it's, it, I I did. <laughs> I needed a holiday, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm gonna going to have a little bit of a break. Um, no, I, I think you know to to reiterate your your point about the technical channels and stuff. Absolutely, you know there is there will always be a need for people to, you know to 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 talk about the technical aspects and and to give those foundations because without any of that stuff, you can't take photographs, right. and. And I think it's also important to note that everybody responds differently to different personalities. There are some people who Correct. will watch five minutes of my channel and go, geez, nah, this guy is like, I can't understand him. He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I hate him. <laughs> Maybe hate's a strong word, but you know, but for whatever reason, I just don't chime with them. And and that's going to be the thing, you know. There isn't every, everybody has different approaches. Some people like the ASMR, sort of wander around with my camera, just looking at things with the sexy B-roll stuff, and other people don't. It's, it's different, different strokes for different folks. Mm -hmm. But yes, it, it is. You know, I, th I think it, there's 
there's place there is place enough for all of us to bring our own perspectives our own ideas about photography um, oh, we're gonna we, we john's gonna post some show notes and we'll put all your contact mm, stuff thank up you. um <clears throat> you know for those of you when we do have listeners in uh, europe and in the uk believe it or not and uh, anybody that's uh, in that in in your area, I would highly recommend. Um, and again, folks, John and I have not talked to Alex before this. We've communicated through email to set this this podcast up, but it, it was so it's so good to have some fresh ideas floating around to get people to think and slow down and think and enjoy photography. So we're going to get you back, Alex. Um, well, th thank you for having me. I look forward to speaking with you again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always, always fun to, you know, have a natter with, with somebody else as opposed to just talking to a camera. Because yeah, <laughs> that's the YouTube is a very one-sided. Um, uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. John, am I missing anything? What are no. you doing for the rest of your life? No, no, you're doing great. So, folks, if there's uh, you have any questions, comments, send it to wetalkphoto at gmail.com. I encourage you to please, please, please go out, check out Alex's videos, subscribe yep. to his channel, check out his website. Um, do you do a newsletter too, don't you, Alex? I do. So it's called the Saturday Selections. It goes out every Saturday, strangely enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, the sign-up is on, on my website. Again, that's the yeah. photographiceye.info. Perfect. You know, and it's just, you know, we encourage you to kind of really explore some of Alex's work. Because to Jack's point, it gets us to think. And, and thinking is a good, healthy thing to do. Absolutely. So. Yeah. No so problem. with that, thank, I'll thank say, Alex, thank you so very much for being here. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks ever so much. And thank you, everybody, for, li for listening along. Yeah, and Alex, when we're done here, just hang in for a minute. And we'll, we'll. That's fine. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Folks, thank you all. We'll see you again with a new um, a new podcast here shortly. Coming John, up shortly. Things lined up, and we're anxious to move ahead. So thank you all for being here. All right.